the pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. This portion of the program, remember, if you're ever in an accident, did someone hit your vehicle? More snow coming on Sunday. Remember, if you need to get your vehicle repaired, if you were in some kind of a collision, whether someone just hit your back door or damaged the front part of your car, whatever it is, call West Fountain Auto Body. Remember, if you're ever in an accident, four words, West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. And it can happen anywhere. People don't pay attention. There's snow and ice. If you ever find yourself in an accident, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Call them first. Again, if your vehicle was damaged or maybe a family member, wherever you can hear my voice, if you need to get your vehicle repaired, They'll do it right. They'll do it right the first time. West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Again, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. Your vehicle was damaged. You need to get it fixed. Call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Sean DePietro. We've made it to Friday. And locally now, um, during the course of the program, I will talk about what's going on nationally between that uh representative marjorie uh taylor green who now because of some some of the things she talked about uh before she was elected now just some of her beliefs or that she doesn't rule out certain conspiracies they're stripping her of power but um something i want to touch on and that is that we have a a real mess that's going on locally as far as who's exactly running the state and things are starting to seemingly almost like spin out of control a little bit now first of all you have ted cruz senator cruz has put a hold on governor raimondo's nomination for commerce secretary you know when rhode island governor gina raimondo was nominated a lot of people thought maybe they're going to bring up the whole situation regarding uhip or maybe they're going to bring up the tolls or whatever it may be well it turns out it has nothing to do with that it has to do with uh, the it's really the Biden stance because you have to believe that she's not, you know, making policy about a this situation with with China and a, a telecommunications company. It's I can't believe that this is her. Um, it all has to do with her non-committal response about a Chinese telecommunications communications company. Excuse me. And and right now though it's it's just it's not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere. And apparently, now this is something we had not heard about, or as different people were talking about it, I, I just hadn't heard anything about this Huawei, uh, the, the Chinese company Huawei, in that uh, a senator can place a hold on the nomination. Now, looking at the calendar right now, so next week, starting Monday, is February 8th, and that will be the beginning of the President Trump impeachment trial. The week of the 15th is then winter break. And so they're not back till the week of the 22nd. Now, if Ted Cruz, who by all accounts, you know, restrict, a, rest, a respected member of Congress, he's put a hold on this. It's possible that Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer could, could ask him to lift it. But if that would happen where it's not lifted, Governor Mundo may not see her vote on Commerce Secretary with the full Senate. Now, it made it out of committee, but sometime maybe the week of the 22nd. Now, the last time Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo spoke to the media was Tuesday, December 22nd. Folks, she's on the verge of going two months without speaking to the press. Now, it's one thing when someone's running for office and they say, hey, listen, I can do both. I can govern and I can, you know, run for this office. This is a little bit different. As different people were contemplating if she could do both, I think what was, and, and I'll, I didn't hear anyone mention 
that somehow what if then she just would not talk to the press. But this is going to be on the verge of two months. Now, if you back up a little bit more, into December, Governor Mundo had the controversy where she was her picture taken at the wine and paint where she was not wearing the mask. And that got uh, national attention. We haven't seen that come into play yet. I haven't heard anyone bring that up yet as far as her nomination. I don't think it would cause it. But my point is she started getting – she got a lot of bad press off of that. Then she had her final briefing on Tuesday, December 22nd. We're about to come up on two months. Can you imagine someone, a sitting governor holding office or any mayor, whoever, and if they had some kind of a press briefing, say, on the 4th of July, and then they went the entire summer, uh, and then they didn't talk to the press until sometime after Labor Day, I mean, there'd be a huge outroar. So you have that. Now, there is someone prominently local who's basically saying, at this point, if this is unsure how long it's going to drag out, Governor Mundo seemingly has two options. One, she has to get, I know it seems odd, but permission from the Biden people to say, listen, I'm still the governor. Okay, I need to, I won't answer any questions, although she would be asked about this controversial Chinese telecommunications company. But I, I, I she's also apparently not even part of the COVID and um, task force. And as many of you know, New York Times just had a story that Rhode Island is an outlier in we're last in the nation as far as getting the vaccine out. Now, as someone that if you caught yesterday's press briefing, Dr. Scott, that is not her strength. It went way too long. Uh, she is she is a scientist. She is a doctor. That is her specialty. She's not good at running a press briefing. She talked too long. Every answer is long. The way she sets everything up is long. She doesn't answer questions. Someone needs to be running it. Yesterday, by all accounts, was a train wreck. The two people that talked the most at the briefing were Commerce Secretary Stephen Pryor, who's very long-winded, and Dr. Scott, who started talking at 10 minutes past one o'clock and talked nonstop until 10 minutes of two o'clock. And then they try to rush us through all through the questions. And every time you ask a question, it's another long, drawn-out answer. It's like the old expression, you ask them what time it is, and they tell you, you know, they'll tell you how to build a clock. I mean, it is someone needs to take control of that. The person that seemingly could was Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, who was there, but he talked the least of anyone. So so two options are being laid out seemingly for Governor Mundo right now. One would be that she has to tell the Biden people, listen, I'm still the governor. I still need to run the state or she needs to resign. Now, I don't think she's going to do either one. I don't think she is going to talk to the media. Nor do I think she's going to resign, nor do I think uh, that she's she's going to resign. I think she will say it's just two more weeks. Now, it's it's seemingly two more weeks. But the real news, the real story is we, we actually don't know how long it's going to be. I mean, this could drag into March. So uh, it, it could. It, it's just a matter of over the next two weeks. But something needs to break. But I just don't think, I think Governor Mundo, uh, it's very clear she will remain governor for at least two more weeks. And Ted Nisi at Channel 12 was saying, if that's the case, she's going to be under increasing pressure to either return to public view or else resign. My prediction is she's not going to do either one. Now, another problem that has now popped up, and again, folks, uh, it's John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, remember, if you ever need to get in touch with me, please visit my website, depetro.com, and depetro.com is sponsored by Allstate Lock, experts in locking systems, building security. Uh, their website is allstatelock.com. You can do a direct link, a direct, direct link through my website, depetro.com, or call Allstate Lock, 401-349-0042. Have you thought about putting security cameras for your home or business? Contact Allstate Lock. They're the best keep you safe, your employees self, safe, your family safe. Something else that has popped up is is just the um, this now, it's a controversy over who's going to be the next lieutenant governor. Now, it's not something that's been common because in the past when there was a vacancy for lieutenant governor, the last time that happened was it was Bob Wagan 
was the lieutenant governor, and then he won and became Congressman Reagan. So at the time, Governor Lincoln Allman was able to appoint someone to be lieutenant governor, and he appointed Bernie Jack Voney, who then was not able to hold on to the seat, and then he lost to Charlie Fogarty, who became the lieutenant governor. But this is unusual that the person who's going to be appointing the lieutenant governor happens to be the lieutenant governor, which is Dan McKee. So it's a little unusual to begin with. And then what they decided to do was with the help of the mayor of Johnston, Policina, they thought, all right, well, listen, if you want to uh, be considered for lieutenant governor, then uh, send us and then we're going to compile a list. And apparently they've had over, did I see over 60 people, close to 70 people that sent it in. I've even seen some people almost as like a joke send in the name and so forth. Well, now there's a problem because now, and again, I want to give credit to Channel 12. So McKee's refusal to reveal who's applied to be Rhode Island's new lieutenant governor. Well, now they're going after them. They want a full list and say that you should, uh, they have to release exactly who it is that went for it. So they publicized their website. If you're an interested candidate, you had to submit your application by this past Tuesday at five o'clock. So then Channel 12 requested a copy of all applications and related documents. But now the McKee people say, we're not going to release the list of Lieutenant Governor applications. So, well, the problem is, so they asked his office site a specific exemption under the state's access to public records to say that these documents would not be disclosed publicly because now the McKee people are saying, well, there's a privacy policy. So we're trying to encourage a wide range of applicants. But the fact is, I don't think there is a policy. Would now Channel 12 is filing a complaint with the attorney general's office saying now that the lieutenant governor is withholding these public documents, they had to have known that. The fact that they were turning this into like an audition and the prospect of landing a high-profile pro position without having to win an election has certainly got a lot of interest, But and then people lobbying behind the scenes. But you can't have a situation where people are lobbying for this, and then when we don't get to know who exactly it is that was going for it. So I think they're going to lose on that. So where this is really starting to become a mess is first you have Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, who, again, when when is going to be her Senate confirmation full vote on the Senate floor? We don't know. Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who did question her as she was uh, in front of the committee, he has now put a hold on her nomination. So it's certain it's not going to happen for at least two weeks, if not longer, could go into March. So you have that, and that is, this is going on, going to be close to two months where Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo is, has not spoken to the press. She's no longer involved with the COVID briefings. It's showing, by the way, as the vaccine rollout has been terrible, as illustrated by the New York Times. Somehow they decided that Dr. Nicole Scott should try to run the press briefing. It, that did not go well at all. That briefing yesterday is someone that has attended, I don't know how many of them, I'd have to even try to count, but more than 50, probably closer to 100 of them. Um, that should have been yesterday that Dr. Scott should have come out, maybe talked, maybe 10 to 15 minutes. If there was someone else that was going to speak, which there was that Secretary Commerce, Secretary Stephen Pryor, maybe five or 10 minutes. But then at 1.30, boom, let's open it up for questions. Dr. Scott basically rambled from 110 to 150. And then Pryor came up, and then they started taking questions at 5 or 2 after the press had already been there for over an hour. I mean, it, it, was, it was not well. And they don't answer anything sharply, definitively. Everything's a long, drawn-out answer. And there's a lot of questions. There were good questions yesterday about, you know, what, why, in fact— uh, this whole business that I was trying to ask about that they won't open up the, the bar areas. That's what the, as far as just for seating, you know, that's extra additional seating in the bar area. To keep the bar area closed, it hurts a restaurant. And and they were trying to argue, although a lot of people don't want to. And then I also asked the question, this business with Governor Raimondo saying women have been hurt worse than the pandemic. 
And I asked that secretary prior, um, are you saying that women have been, do you agree with that? And he said, yes, as head of commerce, uh, Governor Mundo's right. And women have been hurt worse. But like, what are you, then what are you doing about it? Then obviously you and Governor Mundo have failed them since the two of you have been in charge. Uh, it, it's just not well. Uh, it's not going well. People still have a lot of questions about the vaccines. The fact that last week the city of Warwick was announcing first come, first serve a vaccine and boom, all the slots were filled within 30 minutes. And, and Dr. Scott didn't even know that Warwick was going to be doing that to this Stefan Pryor saying, I've talked to many restaurants and they don't want their bar open, uh, bar areas open. I don't know of any restaurant that doesn't want their bar area open for additional seating. Uh, for the restaurant, even now they're increasing the capacity. At this point, we just seem to be like one step behind Massachusetts. Whatever Mass does, we're going to do it a couple days later. And not being, the numbers have gone down. There's no reason for those field hospitals. Uh, Dr. Scott Pryor, the, 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 they are not, they're, I guess, performing at the highest level they're able to, but that doesn't mean it's a successful level by any stretch, someone else needs to um, step in there. I believe uh, it, listen, and, and I agree, but I don't think Governor Mundo is going to do anything. We'll see. But I think she's now she's hit the weekend and I just don't think she's not going to resign. She's going to wait because this thing could go up in flames. This thing could, this could become very contentious politically between the Senate Republicans and and also the Biden administration. I mean, right now, it would seem that it's a very contentious atmosphere in Washington. And the longer this goes out, the more that this thing could kind of spiral out of control a little bit. Hey, folks, I want to remind you to call our friends at Henry Oil, your oil provider, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline. Call them today. Automatic delivery, budget plan, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200, serving most of Rhode Island in southeastern Massachusetts. It's Henry Oil. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, topetro.com. Just click listen live. Joining me right now, he is a retired law enforcement. He is our law enforcement expert, Raymond Picatori. Ray, I want to start off with this story <clears throat> that uh, apparently happened because the Rhode Island State Senate is meeting at Rhode Island College. There's a new state senator. Her name is Tierra Mack. 
and she was involved with an accident. And there's a couple of different um, elements of this that just wanted to have clarified. One is what happens when, and it, this happens a lot, police are called to an auto accident. Um, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. People fill out the forms. But in this particular case, you're dealing with a car that's expired, but has Rhode Island plates on it. And then someone has an out-of-state license, I believe, of South Carolina. Um, take us through how police usually normally proceed in a situation like this. Well, once we determine the ownership of the vehicle, and if it is, in fact, the same person that has the license, um, we would question the person as to why their vehicle was registered in Rhode Island versus their license uh, coming from out of state. Uh, if it's a reasonable explanation, you know, they just moved here within the last, uh, say, less than 30 days, uh, you know, there's discretion to be had. Uh, and if it's a longer case than that, if the license is uh, the person has lived here, then, you know, they could be issued a summons to that extent. As far as the registration, if it's expired uh, with this ongoing pandemic, um, there are sometimes issues with the registry getting appointments, but if it's expired way before, let's say this uh, kicked in back in uh, March of last year, and then it would also come into question as to you know what's going on here. Now, in this particular case, I believe the vehicle was towed. <clears throat> Is that because you, you can't be driving on the roads with an unregistered vehicle? You cannot be uh, operating on the uh, highways of the state or island while a vehicle is unregistered. Okay. Um, the, the police do... And we'll tow a car that is not uh, properly registered. Now, Ray, Ray Picatori, let, let's be honest. I mean, these state rep, state senators, they are issued plates that identify them as that. How much um, is that a deterrent sometimes to law enforcement? Of Maybe they're going to pull someone over and then they notice that they have a special plate. And let alone a situation like this where someone could be like, you know, could say something along the lines of, hey, do you know who I am? And I am a uh, state senator and I could make life pretty difficult for you. And I know your boss and blah, blah, blah. Take us through that a little bit. Well, if that was said to me during that course. I would also say, well, I know my boss also. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, um, you know, if if you are cordial and speak to the officer in a in an irrational tone, you know, you can have a discussion uh, when you start the conversation off right away. Uh, do you know who I am? Well, ma'am or sir, no, I, I don't know who you are. Uh, those those Senate plates or representative plates, they're issued to the person. They also are issued to the vehicle along with the person's personal registration plate. So, I, you know, if I'm pulling someone over, you know, I may see uh, the the signature on the plate as a Senate or a representative uh, that if, a, if an infraction of the law is being committed, uh, that doesn't make that person any less uh, of, you know, if committing an infraction. So, you know, yes, so you're going to get pulled over. Yes, you're going to be spoken to. Uh, a summons could be issued. And, you know, it, whatever their standing is in the uh, in, in the state house has no bearing as to, you know, the infraction they're committing. And finally, what advice do you have if someone's in some kind of an auto accident? Uh, and then, you know, they call 911 or call the police. What's helpful to law enforcement when when uh, the, when they arrive on the scene? If someone's a motorist, what's helpful to the police? As have their license and registration uh, ready or available. Um, and nowadays they'll write out a statement uh, amongst the two drivers um, and just, you know, if an accident occurs, you know, unfortunately, accidents occur every moment of every day, just about, you know, and let the police do their investigation and take it from there. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. We speak with former uh, retired law enforcement expert, Raymond Picatori. Ray, our next story, and I'm just wondering how much police have to deal with this. It's a story from uh, Channel 12. Police seek vehicle that vandalized Dighton Rehoboth High School fields. During the course of the year and nights and weekends, how much is this? that uh, law enforcement are dealing with these people. When you think about it, it's not a robbery. There's nothing gained, but just the act of vandalism. It, um, what's usually involved, and it, it's, 
it's just one of those completely I, I'm not saying any crime is meaningful, but this is a completely senseless crime. Um something of this nature, um it, it does seem like it's uh a lesser crime, but in fact it's not. If you get a car driving across a ball field, like say a newly soldered uh, soldered baseball field, it can cause tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage. And it's happened in the town that I work with. It's happened in you know all, all across the nation. These are senseless acts that are committed, and uh, the kids that are doing it may feel, or let's assume they're kids, they may feel that it's just you know kids being kids. Well, that's the furthest thing from it. It's it really does a lot of destruction. And, and many times, <clears throat> many times when police are investigating vandalism, what, what, what goes into trying to determine, you know, who's behind something like that? Well, on these uh, municipal ball fields are, and any crime that's being committed, they're the, there's so much video footage that's out there. Uh, there's surveillance cameras and uh, the like not. So there is... You know, the, the chance of getting away with something, the, the likelihood is very, uh, very, uh, let's, let's say it's not going to happen. <laughs> and uh, the police do take this very seriously and will investigate it to its fullest extent. Mm. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more law enforcement expert Raymond Picatori right here on the John DePietro show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24-hour mobile service. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Cary Factory authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years... JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL, system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401 351 7600 jkl they'll do it right the first time now call them you don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system what if it starts to get really cold call jkl right now free quote free estimate estimates of free financing is available 401-351-7600 rhode island massachusetts it's jkl engineering 401-351-7600 
We're speaking with law enforcement expert Raymond Pingatori. Ray, the next story, investigators have determined that the Capitol Police officer who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt, and by the way, that name has not been leaked during the U.S. Capitol uh, protest, should not be charged with any crime. Um, your thoughts on that and what would go into determining that the officer will, in fact, not be charged with it was the use of deadly force, but obviously it was a very chaotic uh, atmosphere. But does it surprise you? And what goes into the determination that they had to go through in order to reach that seemingly conclusion? Well, I'm sure a grand jury has been impaneled uh, to investigate all acts of uh, crimes that occurred on that day. Uh, if the officers felt that their life was in danger at that particular moment or the life of others were in danger, uh, you know, force can be used. And if the determining fact, uh, uh, once the uh, grand jury hears the, the facts and they determine there's, you know, there's no true bill and the person cannot be indicted, then so be it. Uh, it was it a chaotic day? Yes, it was. Were the emotions high? Uh, absolutely. Uh, there's going to be, you know, 10,000 different stories that come out of this as to, you know, what should have been done and what force could have been done. But ultimately, this is why we have grand juries and they they determined there was uh, no crime committed. With the training, when police are out there and they are then pulling their weapon, which I, I believe there's even video where the weapon was shown. What is the general training or guideline of whether because the weapon was out invisible but didn't initially discharge, and then it was discharged. So if you're law enforcement, what is the dynamic that it goes from the your weapon is you know, taken out and, and ready, and then it's actually discharged? Meaning, you know, what, what, what's the scenario that then came into play where someone, if you're a member of law enforcement, you would, in fact, use the force? Well, deadly force and uh, the drawing <laughs> of your weapon, it, it's not done in a, uh, a light uh, task. Um, there, there has to be, you know, again, your life has to be in jeopardy or the life of others are in jeopardy. Once that weapon is drawn, it's not drawn as a deterrent. You know, you're, you're, it's being drawn to be used. Uh, you know, could there have been other least lethal, least lethal uh, tactics mm -hmm. used? Possible. Yeah. Um, but we're not there at that particular moment. And again, uh, you know, the officer felt that his life or others were in danger. So that's what he used. Uh, you know, the video is out there showing this person uh, standing there. And as you said, the gun was drawn and then uh, momentarily later it was discharged. Well, at that particular moment, what you know, what's running through that officer's mind? Did he see something that the camera didn't see? We don't know. Yeah, the some of the reports were you now she had a backpack on and, and I had heard initially that they believed that that there could have been. Now, again, this was information they were trying to decipher. And there's a lot happening. It's happening in real time. But that they they may have been under the impression that if someone had a backpack, they may have had explosives there. So, <clears throat> Ray, in that situation, it would seem that the moment when someone is saying, you know, freeze, don't move. And then, unfortunately, this particular person, individual, either maybe didn't hear it or didn't care, whatever it may be. But as that person proceeded, the officer is maybe hearing that some of these people may have explosives in the backpack. And now here's someone who won't listen to commands and then is, in fact, um, you know, coming forward. And, and by the way, that was I think it was it was just one shot. And it wasn't as if like in a movie where where everything goes. But, you know, what else I want to ask you about, Ray, is so many people talk about, you know, because they watch films and they should just shoot him. You hear this a lot. Shoot him in the leg or or a taser. But a lot of times in speaking with police, these tasers are not exact sciences. Um, a lot of times police have said that, you know, the taser wouldn't work or sometimes it doesn't work as effectively. It, it's not everything's not perfect set up and always, you know, manufacturing and, and, and functioning the way someone would think it is when they, they go and watch like a, a crime film. Exactly. This isn't uh, 
this isn't the movies. Uh, things don't always happen according to plan. Uh, a taser could malfunction. It could, uh, uh, the person could be under some type of uh, narcotic and is uh, impervious to this, uh, this discharge of, I mean, the uh, electric bolts going through them. So there's a, there's a lot of variables on something like this. Um, and then again, you get a large crowd of people uh, and this one particular person is coming at you, you know, at that particular moment, you could say, Hey, listen, you know, it, I'm, I'm stepping it up to the, to the, to the top notch. I'm going to use my firearm because like you said, who knew what could have happened? They could have, somebody could have said, you know, uh, incited it even further, like detonate the bomb or, or something to that effect, which would have made the officer believe that something more serious was going to happen or more people could have been injured. Yes, definitely. If, if someone did in fact have explosives in a, in a backpack and the way that they were going towards them, I, I, again, you know, fog of war, who knows? We don't know. We'll never know if she even heard him or if whatever went on. But Ray, one last thing before I move on to the next um, story is that I want to emphasize, and I think this is so important. Um, I, I mean, I, I know a number of members of law enforcement, and, and what a lot of people don't realize is, <clears throat> and this is not a bad thing, by the way, but many, especially in certain towns in, in Rhode Island, but many members of law enforcement, many times when they retire, and this is not a bad thing, but many of them never had to discharge the weapon during the course of their entire career. I was speaking with someone just the other day that he's 30 years in law enforcement. He said, thank God I never had to shoot my weapon. But the, thus meaning that many times if they are in a situation where they have to, it, it's not like I said, I don't want to keep saying it's in the movies, but people just, I think, have a false idea of what it's like during the course of a, a normal shift or or a week or a month or in a year in the, in the life of a member of law enforcement. Yes. Uh, many, many officers are out there that, you know, they never had to pull their weapon. Others have never had to discharge their weapon. Uh, that's something you hope you never have to do, but you're trained to do if you, it does come to that uh, light. Um, you know, it, it is, it's not the movies and we can't express that enough. Um, you know, we don't, ride around uh, the act of law enforcement uh, saying, oh, I hope today is the day I get to use it. That That's not the case. Um, and, you know, you just go about your day protecting the citizens of the town or the city you're working in and hoping you can do the best you can at that particular moment. And hopefully you never have to use your weapon. Um, folks, we're speaking with retired law enforcement expert Raymond Figatori. Ray, just two more uh, quick stories. One, I want to stay with the Capitol. And as we're learning more of, you know, and this is more of a legal thing that the U.S. is, they may use laws designed to prosecute. Uh, it's the RICO statute. But as, as you've had a chance to digest this <clears throat> and looking at the situations, um, it, it, it seemingly law enforcement was, was wildly outnumbered that day. They, for whatever reason, the planning, they didn't think that the crowd was going to come down. By the way, in the past, Trump crowds have always been very peaceful. I was at the kickoff rally in Orlando in uh, June of 19. There were 18,000 people there. I, I don't think there was one arrest or anything. But in looking at that, with with law enforcement that day on the ground, um, is there something that that you feel or stuck out to you that perhaps that maybe some of the, the officers either should have done or or could have done. I, I just don't know in a situation like that, if there was anything they could have done to kind of quell the crowd. Um, I, I concur with that. Um, police were present. Um, and it, they, I, I believe they were just overwhelmed. Um, yeah. Ultimately the chief of the Capitol police did resign. Um, and there were right. questions from it as to why wasn't he more prepared. Uh, the intelligence gathered maybe didn't suggest that he needed to have more people. And right. again, this is hindsight. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and things escalated to the point where the officers just got overwhelmed and had to retreat back. Um, and you know, unfortunately, things totally got out of hand. Um, you were mentioning earlier uh, about the RICO statue. Uh, I, I, I read something online that it's going to be 
looked into. Uh, there's there's variables on the RICO statute. You have to have a concerted effort among individuals, a group of individuals um, that have uh, like-minded uh, or have a like a like-minded organization that they belong to. It's just not like you and I talking together and we can be charged with like some type of RICO statute. Um, you know, this is this was brought out in the you know, I believe in the 60s or earlier uh, where they went after different organized crime networks and it's still being used today. Um, can they try to use it against this crowd that that's going to play out? We'll, we'll we'll see on that one. Yeah, just uh, one other note on that is I was speaking with uh, a member of law enforcement who was saying, you know, during the course of the football season, normally uh, when the Patriots, it's one o'clock game and they have 65,000 people coming up to Gillette, uh, they have some rowdy people and in, in, uh, there will be some arrests from time to time, uh, but it's seemingly kept under control. And they have at this point, they have, you know, a certain number of stadium security. They have. Massachusetts State Police. I think they have some Foxborough police that are involved. But he was he was saying, you know, they, they have a good sense of how the crowd's going to go. And 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 thankfully, you know, ninety nine percent of the people, uh, maybe even higher than that, ninety nine point nine percent of the people that go to a Patriots game uh, are, are, you know, that they follow the law. And maybe some people get a little rowdy or have too much to drink and so forth. But it's not too out of hand. But he was saying now, if if those 65,000 people decided to go after the police or they were trying to force them something, well, then, you know, now you have a situation that the, that the police would be completely outnumbered. But it's it's a little bit of, he was saying, like expectation of the crowd. They had, did not think they were going to have such an unruly crowd. The, the, um, the final story I want to ask you about is something I think we've covered. And it's the story out of Barrington where you have two neighbors and there was a fight and uh, some words exchanged. And, um, and and Ray, you've talked in the past that uh, it's unfortunate, but these are um, it's 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 commonplace sometimes with with neighbors. These are terrible battles that take place. But what was different here was there was um, there, there was there was he was found guilty of, of like an assault and so forth. But it, it was not at the hate crime statute that initially had been charged with. Well, and from what I well, first off, uh Land disputes between neighbors, uh, it just, it, it's, it's craziness at its, at its best sometimes. Um, mm. It can get really contentious. Uh, this is a very unfortunate incident. Uh, I know people that knew this doctor and, you know, from what I gather from this is the, you know, this guy would cause no harm to anybody. So things mm. might have reached a boiling point in this guy's life. Other, other factors could have set in. We don't know. Um, and now that uh, Judge uh, Isherwood is going to determine whether there was a hate crime, uh, that it meets the level of hate crime sentencing, um, that, that, that's going to be uh, something to be, uh, to be watched out for. Uh, because if that's attached to this, uh, many, many other crimes that are committed uh, suddenly could have a, a hate crime uh, connotation attached to it. I'm not saying it wasn't, but uh, let's let this one play out, because uh, if you're going to put someone in jail over words, um, uh, this is a, a strong, a strong thing. Uh, you know, I, I hate crime. Uh, in my uh, idea is, uh, you know, you, you set out to hurt a person of particular color. Uh, and this it just seemed to be uh, an argument or a fight. Uh, uh, an argument that it escalated to a fight between two neighbors. And, you know, this was a fight. There was the, the famous incident several years ago in Cranston where you had the neighbors, uh, Jim Pagano was a former yep. Cranston yep. firefighter. And then that Gene Quitty, who for, I think, all of a month was a member of the province police department. But, you know, that turned deadly with a dispute on Mother's Day of a tennis ball, the one on someone's lawn. Yep. So, um, so Ray, I would imagine with, uh, with law enforcement many times, it's, it's the typical where you try to go in and tell everyone in the neighborhood, like, listen, you, you, somebody's either got to move or you got to learn to get along. But I can imagine many times it's like, here we go again. You know, we're, uh, someone's being called out 
and it's the same neighbors going back and forth. And when you hear that street address go out, you know, the officers, after a while, they do say, oh, here we go again. You know, and we're there to keep the peace. And, uh, you know, we try to do the best we can. And we maybe even should, you know, try to get some mediation amongst the neighbors to try to resolve whatever issue there may be. Uh, but sometimes it's just not going to work. And then, you know, you leave it in the in the hands of the court system. And even with the court determining, uh, you know, restraining orders or whatever have you, it's that's still not a deterrent. And it just gets to the point where, like you said, someone's going to move, but we can't tell people, hey, you're going to have to leave your house. That's not what we're yeah. there for. Right. Most of the time, do, do these ever get resolved? I mean, do, do people ever then become friends? Or I think there was even, you know, the, the situation, I think it was Rand Paul who was like cutting down some branches and, and then the neighbors on the phone and, uh, you know, you can't do that and that's my property. But by and large, do a lot of these things not end until someone decides to then just move? Um, that's hard to say. Uh, sometimes okay. that's sometimes neighbors will uh, mend the fences, so to say. Uh, and mm -hmm. other times it just, you know, that deep uh, fuming hatred that they'll have for one another where they'll just, you know, turn ahead when, you know, the neighbor's getting in his car or whatnot. It's, you just don't know. Yeah. Folks, he is our uh, law enforcement expert and a proud grandfather, Raymond uh, Pignatori. Ray, uh, great job. Stay safe and we will talk to you. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today 439-6028 439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028. 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 .9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, 
The easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in the library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. If you've been thinking about updating your website, or you have questions, maybe get the most out of your social media, you can get a free consultation from Karen Etchells, local digital marketing ex professional. Well, marketing professional. She is excellent, and she's been doing this for over 25 years. Contact my friend Karen Etchells, Innovast Digital Marketing. Now, if you go to my website, topetro.com, you'll see her right at the bottom. So that's a click, an easy link. If you can't remember the name or you can't remember the phone number, I'm going to give them both again. But the very least, all you have to do is make your way to depetro.com. And at the very bottom, you'll see Innovast, Innovast.com, and then her photos right there. Karen Etchells, again, take advantage, free consultation, 401-321-2799, 401-321-2799, or find Karen online at Innovast.com. Go to log on to depetro.com, and at the very bottom, You'll see the link and you can contact her. So whatever your business is, it doesn't matter whether you're a dentist or a restaurant or whatever business you're in, you need an updated website, contact Karen Etchells. It's Innovast Digital Marketing, I-N-N-O-V-A-S-T, Innovast Digital Marketing, and again, 401-321-2799. Take advantage, free consultation with Karen. And also check out her work. I love it. I've worked with her over 20 years. You can see her link at depetro.com. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly? Or maybe you have problems with it. I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. Easy to remember. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator or your stove or oven or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our, our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed the he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 Ninety-six.